For exciting video content live and on demand, visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Welcome, everybody, to Winning Ponies. John Engelhart here. Sorry if I'm a little rusty around the edges tonight. Didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Went down the road to our favorite watering hole, AJ's Roadhouse, and uh, stayed in the room there last night. And I don't know, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. Some woman was banging on the door and screaming. This went on for about an hour. And, well, finally I got up and I, I let her out. But uh, despite my lack of sleep, we're going to have a great show tonight. I want to thank uh, Tom Law from the Thoroughbred Times and uh, Chris McCarron for being on the show last week. They were just outstanding guests to uh, give me a great kickoff start. And uh, speaking of Chris McCarron, uh, he's going to be up at Arlington Park this weekend, where, of course, they're having the Arlington Million. You're going to learn a lot more about that before the show's over. But it, it's going to be great. Uh, we're going to have kind of the rider challenge that pits the past against the present. Uh, you're going to have uh, early fires, uh, Mark Guidry and uh, uh, Jean Cruget at 72. Uh, teaming up with uh, two of my favorite people in the world that I've got to know personally over the years, and that is Chris McCarron and Patricia Cooksey. PJ is going to be up here uh, helping us with the Race for the Cure next week, so uh, it, it's going to be uh, kind of interesting. A lot of people saying uh, it's going to be really interesting, the fact that this is the first return of Chris McCarron. Now, uh, PJ Cooksey has competed in, in some return races as she did on Preakness weekend, but uh, Chris is going to be back, but let me tell you, the guy's not long in the tooth. Uh, he's down there they're uh, running the uh, North American Racing Academy, so he's up on horseback a lot. That's going to be a fun thing to watch at Arlington. Of course, uh, later in the show, uh, Joe Christofik, who uh, you know pretty much dominates Arlington Park with, with his handicapping and his writing, uh, will be with us, as will Dan Collins from Bonaventure Stable, uh, situated right now up there at Saratoga, New York where tomorrow is going to be a very, very big and special day because it is the induction into the National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame. Uh, going back in time, they're going to honor uh, trainer Matthew Burns, uh, who uh, trained uh, 1897 Belmont winner Scottish Chieftain and had a lot of other notable uh, horses. And then a guy who's a, a Buckeye himself, that's right, Jerry Hollendorfer, a contemporary right now uh, from Akron, Ohio. Uh, you know, the guy is just consistent consistently uh, in, in the top five of all American trainers by victories. Uh, you know, he started out kind of in the claiming game, and this is a guy that learned the sport, got better and better, uh, and he's had uh, grade one winners, of course, uh, who wouldn't uh, love and respect blind luck. Uh, then he had Dakota Phone, uh, Heat Seeker, uh, King Glorious, uh, Light Light, uh, you know, uh, 
Kentucky Oaks horse, uh, just amazing. And speaking of uh, blind luck, it'll be interesting to see where she pops up next, hopefully in another match with Arv de Grasse. Uh, then going back in time, the uh, Shelby Pike Barnes, another one of the great black jockeys that uh, kind of faded into history, and I'm glad that they've they've been able to get, get more information on, on Pike Barnes. Uh, he was born in Beaver Dam, Kentucky, and... Uh, he, he will now be the fourth African-American jockey inducted into the Hall of Fame after Isaac Murphy, Jimmy Winkfield, and Willie Sims. Uh, going back kind of in the historic side of time for the horses, uh, the Duke of Magenta is going to get in there. The uh, horse had 19 starts, 15 wins, and won 11 stakes as a three-year-old. Now let's move into some horses that you've probably had a chance to uh, watch race. Uh, one uh, is one that I loved, and that was uh, D. Wayne Lucas trained open mind. I mean, she was the champion two-year-old filly of uh, 1988, a champion three-year-old filly of 89, uh, grade one wins in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, uh, eight straight wins at three, including the Kentucky Oaks. Open mind was one heck of a runner. And then we go to safely capped. Who could forget this speedster, the champion sprinter of 1989, where her only loss was a second place finish by a neck to dancing spree in the Breeders' Cup Sprint, a race that's given us a lot of amazing upsets. And then also uh, another more modern horse would be Sky Beauty, uh, trained by the great Alan Jerkins, 21 starts, 15 wins, won $1.3 million, uh, the champion older female of 1994, and she won the Philly Triple Crown. So uh, we'll be uh, seeing and reading a lot more about that uh, up, up at the spa, uh, but those very uh, notable and well-deserved Hall of Famers. Now, Last week, we took a look at the biggest races in, in the country and uh, may not have been one any bigger than the grade one Whitney. And uh, we've got a, got a trivia question here. Uh, what do Equipoise, Devil Diver, Tom Fool, and Kelso have in common with Tisway? And the answer is they parlayed the grade one Metropolitan Handicap into a win in the Whitney. And... Uh, you know, it was just an awesome performance. Uh, she's proven that he's proven that he can win at the distance. The plan, I believe, for the rest of the year is uh, they're going to go for the mile and a quarter Jackie Club Gold Cup at Belmont, and then the mile and a quarter Breeders' Cup Classic will be Tisway's swan song, and then it's off to the breeding shed at Spendthrift Farm. Uh, another race that we uh, took a look at last week was the test, and uh, we both agreed that Turbulent Descent was the one to beat, and certainly she was. So we've got another really rising star in the three-year-old ranks. Turbulent Descent was very, very impressive. And uh, the following day, well, Saratoga, as we know, it's been known as the Graveyard of Favorites, and it was on Sunday. Uh, Trap Shot, heavily favored, came up just short in that race to Sean Avery, named after the hockey player who went wire to wire. Uh, Alan Owinsky has this horse on his toes right now. A long shot win for Sean Avery and a disappointing loss for Trap Shot. Uh, then in, in kind of coming across the country, we go to Mountaineer Park, and uh, one thing we, we, we noticed about Mountaineer Park was that Rafael Bayarano and Joe Talamo were making the trip from the West Coast to be in West Virginia. And uh, well, all I can say is uh, it, it's just muddied the waters again in the three-year-old division. Uh, it might be easier to find Jimmy Hoffa than a standout sophomore this year. Uh, my friend Bill Mooney recently, you know, kind of put it in perspective as far as uh, you know the the. 
puzzle that this three-year-old season is. I mean, Animal Kingdom won the Kentucky Derby. Shackelford defeated Animal Kingdom in the Preakness. And then Ruler on Ice beat both of them in the Belmont Stakes. Then Dreamy Kid defeated Coyle in the Swap Stakes out west on the final day of July. Then Coyle beat Shackelford and Ruler on Ice in the Haskell Invitational six days later. Here we see in West Virginia, Prayer for Relief beat Dreamy Kids. So it's going to be a very interesting end of the year to see what three-year-old rises to the top. If you've got a chance to watch the West Virginia Derby, hats off to my man, Rafael Bayarano. He sensed that the uh, rail was deep and decided to get off it, moved to the outside of the pace setter uh, rush now, and took the West Virginia Derby. Not only did he do that, this 29-year-old who started at River Downs won four stakes and set a single-day Mountaineer record by winning four stakes at that track. The kid is just amazingly uh, t- talented. Uh, then uh, we w- went out west. I don't want to forget our friends on that side of the coast. And in the uh, Clement Hirsch, uh, it was a, a huge effort by Zazu, the three-year-old filly who took on older horses, uh, decided to stay there, but could not get the job done. Uh, Switch led for the good part of the race, looked to be a winner. This is the horse that just fell a head shy of Zenyatta last year. But it was Ultra Blend, California bred, who got the win in the Clement Hirsch. And then close it out uh, with the uh, two-year-olds on the West Coast, the best pal stakes. Uh, we'll see who the top... Uh, Juvenile is right there, and it looks like Creative Cause, trained by Mike Harrington, now two for two, a very fast gray son of Giants Causeway, and guess who was in the saddle? None other than Rafael Bejarano. So, uh, again, that's a look at the uh, the, na- the national news, uh, what, what's happening and what happened last week. And I understand that we may have a caller on the line. I believe his name is Jim. Jim, are you there? Hello, Jim. Oh, Gary? I'm sorry, Gary. I got a different name on the screen. Hi, John. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good, thanks. Uh, what what you call about? Um, I was uh, asked to uh, come on and talk about uh, my my success using uh, winning winning ponies uh, selections. Give us your big win. Um, had a couple of them uh, back in March uh, at uh, Evangeline Downs. Uh, there was uh, uh, Winning Ponies number one selection, Espresso, uh, twenty to one. Morning line odds uh, went off at fifty to one, and um, I wagered uh, I wagered uh, fairly heavily on that one, and it uh, went off at uh, at fifty to one. Paid I paid for some gas money even in this market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get you only get a you're lucky to get one or two of those a year. But uh, just uh, last uh, week. Uh, I had a, a large uh, daily double. Um, actually, uh, uh, had a uh, another um, a daily double there for uh, back in that time frame for five hundred and sixty nine dollars. Both uh, number one and number two picks from from the winning ponies selections. And then just last week, I had a another large daily double for. Uh, um, yeah, pardon me. Uh, Fairgrounds was 611 uh, last week at Saratoga Optimizer, and I can't remember the other horse. Uh, the name doesn't matter as long as they paid off, Gary. Uh, it was huge. Uh, uh, to be quite honest with you, I was stunned. I've uh, I've been playing horses for 25 years, and I've never hit a 50 to one shot. It they look terrible on paper as they should, but uh, 
it, it came in, and um, I just can't say uh, how excited I am about the product that they offer. All right. Well, I, I am too, and I, I want our listeners uh, it, to really take the time to go to winningponies.com because they've got so many different options and so many different ways you can go, and quite frankly, for the profit you could take, as Gary just told us, it's extremely inexpensive, and you can kind of get comfortable with it and see which of the products works best for you. Well, uh, coming up here in just about a minute and a half, we're going to be talking to Dan Collins from Bonaventure Stable. Let's take a little break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, well, welcome back, and coming up with me is a guy by the name of Dan Collins. You might not know that my name is John Collins Engelhart, uh, so who knows? He's from upstate New York. We could be distant relatives. But uh, Dan runs an outfit called Bonaventure Stable, and I got an email from my brother Jim, who used to be the sports information director at St. Bonaventure, and he said, John, you've got to check these guys out, see if they're connected with Bonnies at all. So I went up on their website and just found a really exciting uh, website uh, that, that uh, looks like it offers uh, excellent partnerships. Uh, it, it appears to have class management. Uh, everything's kind of out in the open, and, uh, and, it's, and it's headed up by Dan Collins, who, as I found out, is in fact a uh, a brown Indian himself, uh, graduate of St. Bonaventure, and I have to tip my hand here. My father and four brothers uh, went to St. Bonaventure, so uh, it's kind of good to talk to a guy that's once suffered through a win- winter in Olean, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, the man that heads up Bonaventure Stables, Dan Collins. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thanks so much. You know, uh, 
going to Olean is a trip. Uh, you know, if you're not used to 120 inches of snow every winter, you better not show up. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it really, you know, it, I, I know that their athletic program is in a regrowth after the, the plane burnt down there about eight years ago. Uh, but they're, they're, they are coming back. And it amazes me that some of the good athletes that they've actually been able to recruit to that part of the country because it's not near anything. No, it's not near anything, but I think, you know, one of the key points that we talk about at the university is that it's a place you can get a quality education. It's a small school. It's got Division One athletics, and uh, people seem to fall in love with it as soon as they come there. Yeah, they do. Well, obviously, my family did. I was the first uh, Englehart male not to go there, which put me in great graces with my dad for, for a few years. But luckily, Jimmy was the anchor of the team, and he went back and uh, and finished out uh, at Bonnie. So, um Give me a little bit uh, the, the the concept behind uh, Bonaventure, which obviously means it, it's a good venture, uh, stable. And I understand that uh, some of your partners are, are guys that were, in fact, once Bonnie's alums themselves. Well, that's correct. We started about seven to eight years ago uh, with a group of five Bonaventure graduates who all pooled some money one day at the racetrack. And I had an owner's license, so we reached out and we claimed a horse. We didn't make a dime, but we had a ball pretending that we were big-time owners for a while. And then we uh, got a little more serious, and we we started a, a, a business called Bonaventure Stables. And we have about 40 to 45 uh, different investors or partners. Uh, each horse, of course, is a separate partnership. And about uh, two-thirds of all the investors have some affiliation in one way or another with with St. Bonaventure University. Either they attended school there, they work there, or or they've got a spouse or somebody that did. So most of our partners come about by word of mouth, and uh, we try to name most of our horses uh, around a St. Bonaventure University theme. Uh, for example, It's the Big Cat, which uh, is a five-year-old. Bob Lanier, right? Running, is named after Bob Lanier, our, our most famous basketball player. Uh, yeah, I also saw you had uh, Bonna Thunder and Brown Indian are uh, two of your equine athletes. That's correct, and we have Royal Bonnie and Bonatini. <laughs> and uh, you know, but then we have some other horses that are not named uh, after Bonaventure. Some a uh, couple we claimed, a couple we purchased, and uh, uh, you know. But we're not we're not biased. You don't have to be a Bonaventure graduate to be a part of our. Uh, are, are fun. No, and, and you just hit the word fun. You know, the, the one thing that, that I've always uh, pre- preached is that we all need to be ambassadors for the sport. There's only so much a television com- commercial can do or a uh, well-placed ad, but it's, it's people like yourself that bring people into the game or just bring them to the ra- races uh, to get the experience. And what I'd like going through uh, y- your, your website is the fact that y- you seem to make this as much of a social club as just being a, a horse owner we do we try to make it social and we try to make it family-based for example this weekend is our annual outing at saratoga we begin friday night with a gathering at a local uh, establishment where uh, it's family friendly so people are bringing their children and we'll sit around we'll have we'll have some food some drinks and then we start early saturday morning by taking everybody we'll have 53 people going out to the stables and uh, it's quite a sight when you see 53 people walking in together. And uh, we spend a couple hours at the stables. They see morning workouts. They get to talk to our trainer, sit down, have a cup of coffee with them. The jockeys come over. Uh, and then we spend the afternoon. We rent out the festival tent at Saratoga, and we spend the afternoon in the paddock having a great time and walking around the track. And, and then uh, we usually have some kind of informal gathering on Saturday evening and then back out to the track Sunday morning and people go home having a great time and, and, and sometimes they get involved. Ah, boy, I hope more people are, are listening to this show like you because really, Dan, 
That's what it's about. It's about the full experience. Yes, we all want to cash a bet. I mean, let's face it, there's no doubt about that. And yes, we all want to own a winning racehorse once we get into the game on that end. But there's something about a day at the races that's unlike a day anywhere else. I mean, as soon as you put your $2 down on that horse, you essentially own that horse for as long as he's out on that track. And and should he win, you're a part of the enjoyment. But part of it, too, is it's a social occasion. It's being with your friends. You know, maybe you you parlay a couple uh, races together. You get a show pool going. Um, you know, this is the way to, to bring people uh, together around the sport and let them know that it's more than just one race. It's more than just one day. It's a great sport, and it's one of the few franchises that you can, for a relative fair price, buy yourself into. You can't buy part of the Yankees, but you can buy part of a racehorse and be part of this great game. And, and that's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, I'll give you a, a case in point. So uh, the first couple days this week, Monday and Tuesday night, were the preferred sales, uh, yearling sales, the phasic Tipton sales at Saratoga. Uh, interesting um, uh, irony of it is we were there and we watched uh, Sheikh Mohammed of Dubai spend uh, $13 million. He bought 13 horses, spent $8.5 million. The irony of it is is he was standing right next to my wife and I. Uh, we were rubbing shoulders with him. We even said hello to him, and we watched him buy the two Bernardinis for $1.2 million apiece. Now, you know, that's a little bit out of our ball game. but starting Saturday night, we're going to go to the New York bread sales, and we're pulling four or five people together. We're trying to put a group together to buy a yearling, and, you know, we expect to spend about uh, $30,000, $35,000, but we'll have the same excitement with our horse as he has with his $1.2 million horse. And, you know, our people get just as excited about winning a $53,000 allowance race at Saratoga as the Sheik does winning the Jim Dandy or the sword dancer or any other major races. Well, and I can tell you as a a former track photographer, we love you guys. It's you know it's it's a great time. Last uh, two years ago, when we had over sixty people there, our Prince Dubai won at Saratoga in the seventh race at odds of twenty eight to one. And I'll tell you what, we thought we were champions of the racetrack. <laughs> well, you know it was interesting in, in learning more uh, about you, Dan Collins. Uh, you know, last week I had Tom Law on from the Thoroughbred Times, who now does the Saratoga Pink Sheet, and I found out that you, in fact, at one time were a writer and you did the Pink Sheet. So I'm going to kind of reach out because once you've you know, reach that level where you're doing the pink sheet at Saratoga, you're a little bit of a handicapper. So uh, I'm going to leave Bonaventure stable for a little bit and tap into you for your handicapping expertise, as I'm sure our listeners on Winning Ponies will appreciate. Let's go to the sword dancer. I mean, this is a a race that's very unique, going a mile and a half on the grass. uh, You just don't see much of this anymore. I mean, uh, horses that, that did win this race and go on to be great ones were uh, John Henry and Theatrical that come to mind. Um, this field looks like a pretty wide open event, and I'm just kind of wondering you with your handicapping tool, who you liked in here. So I'll, I'll give you a little tip of how we look at these races. You know, they just ran the John's Call, which also was a mile and a half uh, earlier this week. Uh, there's not a lot of mile and a half races. This is on the turf. Uh, that's about all you'll, that's about the only place you'll find them these days. And as a former uh, track runner, if you think about it, a mile-and-a-half turf race they call a marathon is just like running the mile in the Olympics. You watch it now. Uh, there's always a, a, a speedster in the race, but all the other runners are tactical, and they sprint the last 220 yards or the last quarter mile in order to win. I think that's what we're going to see in the sword dancers as well because there's no speed in this race whatsoever. It's going to be a very tactical race. There's a lot of horses with closing speed, but when I look at it, um, I think, frankly, Teeks North is going to win the race. 
If you look at his form, he's got improving buyers in three straight races. He's won two straight, and uh, he's 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 shown really strong ability, particularly in the United Nations about a month ago. Uh, he's shown really good ability to close and to close in a crowd. And what's going to happen is Rahi's attorney, I think, is going to be forced to take the lead yeah. because there is no other speed. And I just don't think he, it's really, really hard to go wire to wire in a race like that. But I think he's going to hang on, and he could be second or third. And and I'd probably box the two of those with Winchester. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you took the words yeah. right out of my mouth, Dan. <laughs> that would have been the way I go. Be honestly, I'm, I might lean a little bit towards Winchester because you you know that when they went to Chicago for the Stars and Stripe, they were intending that to be on the grass. And when that came off the grass. Uh, I think it changed the whole thing. The horse, really, I watched that race. He never seemed to get a hold of it. Did fire a little bit at the end. I'm going to have to think it served as a little bit of a tightener. And, you know, again, you know, you talk about uh, horses and distance. This horse has won twice at a mile and a half on the grass. Now, I'm going to really stretch your talents out here now. Uh, Mr. Former Saratoga Pink Sheet. And I'm going to take you all the way out to Delmar to, to another uh, turf race at a mile and a 16th, the La Jolla Handicap. This race has been run since 1937. Kind of an interesting group. I see about three that come to the top and are awful close. Real quick, Dan, who'd you like? So I'm going to go with Fort Hastings. I think we're going to see a little upset here. He won his first three races on the grass, albeit short, but he won his first three races in three different countries in Europe. And now he's come over here. He's got a tightener in Delmar. And I think we're going to see him with his breeding as a distance runner out of Giants Causeway, out of Aragon. So I think we're going to see him win this race. And um, I think Midnight Interlude's going to run a great race right behind him. But it's going to be, uh, I think we'll see the two of them coming down almost nose to nose in the in the stretch. But I'm going with Fort Hastings. Yeah, had trouble in its last race at Lack Room. Midnight Interlude looks like he inherited favoritism. I'm kind of liking Burns because Mr. Commons, I think, would have been the favorite in here, and Burns was putting a big closing effort in, on him in the ocean side. Well, that's going to close out the handicapping portion of this interview. But I really want to thank you, Dan, uh, for, for A, coming on Winning Ponies with us, and B, for the outstanding job you're doing as an ambassador of racing. Well, thank you very much, John. It's uh, uh, it's kind of like the winning ponies. You know, we're, each of us are growing each day, and we're learning how to we're learning how to help other people understand the game. And you know, as as long as every day we can say we converted two more people, then we can think of the day as a success. Absolutely. Well, I, again, I thank you very much, and, and I wish you uh, best of luck for everybody uh, associated with Bonaventure Stable. Dan Collins, everyone. We're going to take a little break, and hopefully we'll be back with my friend from Chicago, Joe Christofek. Flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, coming back in a little bit, we're going to have uh, Joe Christopher from Chicago. He's the man you see on the screen there in between races, uh, giving giving out his picks. And uh, Joe also uh, has uh, begun a program called Night School, which is a very, very interesting concept, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. Now, up, up in Chicago, as we touched on earlier, there's going to be a jockey challenge, which has a past versus a present. Uh, and, of course, this year, Early Fires is coming back. I get to see his cousin ride every day. Early's 64 years old and in the Hall of Fame. His uh, uh, cousin is a guy by the name of Scootin' Boot Perry Oots. He's 57 years old. He rides at River Downs. Uh, he's set just about every record there could be here. He, he's won the uh, cradle stakes. Uh, right now, Perry is on top of the rider standings here by 50. No, not 15. 50 wins at the age of 57. Uh, so let me tell you, there's some good genes in that early Fires family. But what's interesting is that Mark Guidry was supposed to be a part of the veteran portion of this, uh, shall I say, match race uh, where uh, they're going to take on uh, Joe Ben Santana, J- James Graham, who won his first race at River Downs, Eddie Perez, E.T. Baird, and Junior Alvarado. But as it turns out, Gidry uh, fell back in love with with the saddle, and uh, he's going to end his self-imposed retirement of nearly four years by riding uh, on the Kentucky circuit again. He says he's very excited about it, and he's ready to get things kicked off and see what happens. Gidry right now is 52 years old. As you know, he's one of those uh, raging Cajuns that uh, started uh, in the bushes down there. I believe he's from uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, and uh, he, uh, I think, is going to start at... uh, at Ellis Park. Now, he did, uh, when he wanted to change his career, he attended uh, the Stewart School at the University of Louisville. Uh, then, he, then he started training, and as I recall, if you were listening to Winning Ponies, I don't know, about six months ago, uh, my good friend Ed Myers uh, was, uh, actually uh, I- interviewed him. So uh, 
we will uh, see what happens to Guidry on his return. Uh, he says his reasons for returning involve the combination of things, including finances and urge to get back to doing what he loves. says he's feeling good, working a lot of horses, and physically he's doing great. Mentally, he's in a good spot, too. And he said, we'll play it by ear and see how we go. So as I just mentioned with those uh, with those other uh, jocks uh, at 62 and 57 riding so well, at, at 52, Mark Guidry, well, he's just a kid. Uh, good news, as you heard from uh, Dan Collins, some people are spending money on horses again, including Sheikh Mohammed Al-Maktoum. Uh, him and his agent, John Ferguson, made some uh, big buys up at Saratoga Springs. And uh, it's, it's nice to know that money's being infused back into the game. Well, talking about getting into the game, we're going to get Joe Christopher into the game here right now. I believe I've got him online. Uh, if you're not familiar, he's uh, the self-proclaimed horse racing ambassador. So we've had two ambassadors of the sport here uh, today. Of course, he's, uh, he makes the morning line at Arlington Park. Uh, he's the program comments writer. He's involved in a lot of educational projects, one that is just really Really taken off very well, ladies and gentlemen from the Windy City, Joe Christofek. Joe, how you doing? Not so windy here today, John. <laughs> We've actually had a non-humid windy day, so it wasn't too bad here, I must say. This has been the craziest summer stretch of weather between ninety and hundred degree days and crazy insane storms. But we've had such a nice stretch over the last three or four days. I just hope it holds up through Saturday. That's what I was going to ask you. Before I get into this new educational program that uh, you've invented along with Jeremy Plonk, I was just going to say, uh, before we start handicapping the races, and I'm trusting on you to, to, to win that pick four for me, uh, what, what are we looking at weather-wise in Chicago for the weekend, especially with all these grass races? Well, the weathermen in Chicago are worse handicappers than me. So <laughs> right now they're calling for potential storms Friday night into Saturday morning. Uh, which would be fine. I mean, I think the most important thing is that we have good weather for the actual race day. If it rains and there's a little gift to the ground, that's fine. That's all, you know, it, 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 it's as much about the racing as it is about the atmosphere. You know, this is our big day of the year in Illinois racing, so hopefully, you know, the weatherman cooperates and uh, everything goes well on that end. But uh, I guess we won't really know until Saturday how things are going to shake out. But there are, there's a possibility for storms. We just know, don't know exactly when they're going to hit or, or how severe they're going to be. But uh, who knows? We could have an 80-degree day and, uh, and sunny all, all afternoon. That's what I'm hoping for and banking on. I'm hoping for that, too. You know, Joe, uh, I, I had the pleasure when we were out at the uh, symposium in Tucson uh, this year to, to have lunch with you and to hear about this uh, program that you were just getting ready to start by the name of Night School. And, and you were giving me the concept, and I'm listening to it, and it's like, that sounds great, but is he really going to be able to pull this off? Well, all I can say is uh, my hat is off to you because you have pulled off Night School very well. I've been tuning in. I've also been seeing the analytics. Analytics, the numbers of people uh, that not only are listening to you live, but if they have to do something Monday night or coming back for your podcast. Uh, first of all, congratulations. And second of all, with a broad brush, paint a picture for our listeners if they're not aware by listening to Winning Ponies what they can find out about by going to night school and there's no tuition. Yeah, I, I, that's the best part about it for everybody, especially in these economic times, John, is it's absolutely free. And, you know, anyone who's involved in horse racing, whether it be somebody that's been following the races for 30 or 40 years, 
for somebody that's been following the race for three or four days, we all have something to learn. And every single week on Monday nights at 8.30 Eastern time, we take a different topic involved in thoroughbred racing, and we break it down brick by brick. And we bring on different panelists from across the industry, from the Jerry Baileys and the Gary Stevens of the world to the Ken McPeaks and Tom Amos and Zoe Cadman that we just had on this past week from HRTV. Depending on what the topic is, we match the panelists to that topic, and it's basically a free chat. And what we do is we have a panelist discussion for the first half hour. We open it up for a question and answer session for the second half hour. And the third half hour, we talk about anything and everything horse racing. And it's been extremely well received across the industry. People appreciate that the effort that we're making. And if you're not able to make it on a Monday night, you can always go back and read the archive. So it's kind of a growing library of horse racing information and you know, since I've been involved in this game, which has been about 20 years professionally, my number one goal has always been fan education because people in this game cry about how the sport is dying, how the fan base is dying off. But racetracks and people involved within the industry don't make a strong enough effort to include fan education at the top of their priority list. And to me, that should be the number one priority. It's growing the fan base. With knowledge comes interest. With interest comes you know, confidence, and with confidence comes continuous wagering, and uh, that's what we try to accomplish on night school every week. I, I, I love the energy that, that you put out for that, Joe, and I'm certainly in step with you. Just to let people kind of know, first of all, it, it's certainly not elitist. elitist. Uh, it's very interactive, uh, and you can, if you want to, download study materials. Uh, there's questions in the chat room. Uh, there's a, a section that's called a jump ball that's informal. You can ask any question, and again, you're never not talked, you're never talked down to. Uh, all of the professionals that you have uh, working with you are, are, are trying to hold everybody by the hand and get it done but they are also pros at what they do and you're getting great answers uh to, to your questions and i like the way it doesn't get boring joe that you break it up with videos in between yeah we're, we're, we're trying to utilize technology the best way we can without it being intrusive john and you know there's a fine line when you talk about night school to speaking to the person that plays the horses on a regular basis and speaking to the person that is just now getting an interest in horse racing, it's a fine line that must be walked when you're talking about fan education. And we try try our our best to captivate both of those audiences. We've got some plans into the future that I think will address some of those issues. But anyone who follows horse racing, whether you're an expert or whether you're an intermediate player or whether you're a beginner, you're going to take something out of this. I sit in the classrooms as a panelist, and I learn from the other people that are in the session itself because they have different ideas than I have, and I can apply that information as well. So we've gotten so many great emails from people talking about how their overall horse play has improved and so many people that are appreciative of what we're doing uh, that it's very, very rewarding. Yeah, and, and, and you can see it. And like you said, if you're in this game and you're not learning something every day, then you're not keeping your eyes and ears open. You know, no, nobody's got it all figured out, that's for sure. Well, I, I'm hoping that with you up at Arlington Park, you're, you're going to help us figure a few things out. Uh, you've got an extremely challenging card here. 
and I'm going to pick your brain as a handicapper because I know people listening to Winning Ponies as much as they want to get all the information, they sure like to cash a ticket now and then, and that's why they're logged on. Um, that's the bottom line, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Again, I, I'm, I'm into it for the experience, but the experience is so much better when you walk away with a little change in your pocket for that party after the races. So we're, we're going to kick it off. Uh, we're going to start the seventh race. Uh, this is the Hatouf, if I'm saying it correctly, a mile on the turf. And this is going to go as the seventh, meaning it starts off the 50-cent pick four, uh, races seven through ten. And that carries this week a $200,000 pool guarantee. And it's also part of a 50-cent pick five with a $100,000 guarantee. So, Joe, I'm putting a lot of pressure on you, man. I hope you can make it make it through. But let's, let's kick it off with the seventh race, uh, the Hatouf going up. A mile on the turf. Well, making the morning line for this race was difficult. Obviously, I came up with a 7-2 to favorite. And I must say, John, if we rewind back just a little bit from Saturday to Friday, Friday's card at Arlington is absolutely sensational as well. So if you haven't been paying attention to the product all year, pay attention to Arlington tomorrow, too, because like I said, from top to bottom, a fantastic card, and that carries over to Saturday with the three grade ones and the start of this pick five with the seventh race and the two. What a great wide-open race it is, and there's five, six, seven different horses that you can make a case for. I made a seven to two morning line favorite in race to Erga from uh, the barn of Christoph Clement, who, of course, is here with a couple of horses from the festival, and People like to win races on Million Day, whether it's a two-year-old race, a minor church stake, or whether it's a 17-5 claimer. This horse looks like she's got a ton of potential. She was second in her debut. She won easily in her second start at Belmont by three lengths and out to four to five. Appears to be very well intended. And I think the same can be said for the Jonathan Shepherd horse, number three, safe crossing, winner of two in a row. The first race she came from way off the pace, and the second race she won on dirt going wire to wire. So she has a little bit of versatility. A horse that I really, really like that I've seen running here at Arlington all summer, unfortunately, is on the also eligible list. It's number 13, Alluring Squall. She's a half-sister to uh, the $2 million earner, Vakari, who is a multiple grade one winner. Used to be trained by Chris Block, used to be trained by Lothenbach Stable, but they sold her privately, and uh, the connections did very well with her thereafter. So this horse was a three-length winner last out. She needs to get her head in the game because she's winning her talent alone right now, but I think she has a very, very bright future. So if you're playing multi-race wagers and she does draw in, I would stretch to her as, uh, as maybe using three horses in this race. Well, I've, I've got four horses starred here. Uh, my top pick was, and I'm not working with any odds here, Joe, uh, was Race to Erga to Safe Crossing, to a horse I think they named after me, not as sharp as you think. And, of course, I don't think you can leave out this Lily again. I thought the U.S. debut, uh, after being tight in the start, uh, was an impressive one. We'll get Lasix and Blinkers on. So those are our selections in that race. Then we move on to a mile-and-a-quarter race on the grass, named after one of the greatest horses of all time, the Secretariat. Who'd you like in here? Yeah, it was funny. I was walking into... Uh the little draw party that was uh, that was going on here, and they they had a uh, a photo uh, a frame series of photographs with Ron Turcotte and Secretariat, and uh, it was just amazing because Ron is here for the uh, the dining with the dynasty tomorrow at Arlington. A lot of Hall of Fame jockeys will be present for that. Just one of the many events that they have here this week, and. You talk about Secretary and how great he was, and you know this race at Arlington is a great one named for him, one of the greatest racehorses of all time. We figured, you know, 
the, the horse in, in the race naming game will get a little bit more respect. But this is a phenomenal race. It's good every year. It's the third leg of the Mid-America Triple, and it hasn't been swept in quite some time. And a horse who has an opportunity to do that is the local horse, Wilcox Inn, owned by the All-In Stable, a bunch of young guys who love horse racing. They love to party. We need 10,000 more of them in the yes, game. Yes, we do. We, yeah, and we, and we wouldn't have to worry about another thing moving into the future. And this horse won the Arlington Classic very impressively, won the American Derby very impressively, and he's gotten a lot better uh, with his tactical speed since adding blinkers for the first time. He's a legitimate contender. But I really do think that the horse that Aiden O'Brien is bringing in, Treasure Beach, maybe the best Euro horse to ever set foot at Arlington in the Secretariat. He's got unbelievable credentials, $1.6 million in the bank with only nine career starts, four of them wins, and he just looks to be the class of the field. So if you're playing multi-race wagers, I think you go Treasure Beach. I think if you're stretching, you could use Wilcox in. I think Band is a legitimate contender. And if you want a super sleeper in the race, there's two of them I'm looking at. Newsdad, Blinkers on for the first time. We had a pretty good fourth class out of the Virginia Derby. And the horse that finished in front of him that day, third was Casino Host. He showed better tactical speed in that event than Ban did, and you get Ramon Dominguez aboard, and I think he's an improving sort for Chad Brown. So if you're working with a limited bankroll, you could single Treasure Beach. If you want to spread out a little bit, Casino Host, Band, Wilcoxon, News Dead, take your choice between those four. Well, I hope it's a case that great minds think alike here because I've got I've got uh, Treasure Beach, and when I put my ticket together, I'll find out as the horse in, in this that I would single. I mean, you know, uh, the, the, the horse won the Irish Derby, and Aiden O'Brien obviously is a guy that knows what he he's doing when he comes to the United States. And my backup horse was going to be Wilcox Inn. So uh, as you know, I'm only about 500 miles from you, so I'm not cheating off your racing form. But those are the two that came to the top here. Um, we are uh, now going to move on to the Grade One Beverly D that will uh, precede the Arlington uh, Million. Uh, find uh, that uh, th- this is another one where you know when I was watching your your show on Monday, they were talking about the Euros. You kind of centered in on the Euros, and I got a feeling one of those horses are going to come away with the Beverly D. Well, you've got the three to one Morning Land favorite, who's Stacey who was third last out in the United Nations against the boys, was, right? Exactly, and she was a 2-1 to favorite against the boys. So that goes to show you how much respect that she has. She had a trouble trip that day. She still ran third. She was only beaten a length. You know, she gets Ramon Dominguez. There's a lot of positives for Stace Lita. And then the horse that's on par with her is River Jatez, who amazingly is an 8-year-old mare. You don't see many 8-year-old mares, John, running in $5,000 claiming races across the country, let alone in a grade one race. And she may be as good as she's ever been at this advanced age. She was second in Dubai duty free against the boys, beaten only three parts of a length, and she's held that form. So those two Europeans, very, very dangerous. But I think of the three festival races, this is the most wide open. This is the most competitive. You can go six or seven deep in this race as well. And a horse that I love visually, and I'm a big visual handicapper, go back and watch the replay. July 9th, Delaware Park, 7th race, horse by the name of Cheetah. Closed like a freight train, one by four lengths going away, and galloped out a mile in front. She's still got some upside. She is Christophe Clement, who's had a lot of success in this race, and Garrett Gomez has been red hot of late. I think Cheetah might be the right horse at the right time in the Beverly D. 
Yeah, I mean, this horse was 15 lengths off the pace at the half-mile call and runs away to win by almost four lengths. That's a great point. But, yeah, here's the one we're going to tell your, tell your buddies, hey, we got to spread our bet out, no doubt about it. Well, i got about uh, four minutes left. I saved those for the biggest and the best uh, that's going to come out of Chicago this weekend, in my opinion. And that, of course, is the grade one Arlington Million always has been held as one of the greatest races in the United States. And, and this race is a three, John, I think, is the race that has the star power. You've got a really good, contentious secretariat, although you've got Treasure Beach. You know, until we see him run on American turf, uh, you know, he's unproven. So we'll see how he does. Then in the Beverly D, you've got four or five contenders that are legitimate. The million looks like it's going to set up a lot closely to the man of war that we saw run at Belmont Park on July the 9th. It was a paceless race. Cape Blanco said just off the early proceedings, took the lead and held firm of Gio Ponte. I see this race visually setting up much the same way. I mean, Mission Approved is in this race, too. He was the pace setter in the Man of War. It's a shorter stretch at Arlington than it is at Belmont as far as the grass courses go. Mission Approved could hang on longer, but I think you may see Cape Blanco, Gio Ponte, Mission Approved, and then the rest of them. The two Euros that are legitimate look pretty good on paper as well. If you're looking for an upsetter, Widmore Hall was second in the Secretariat last year. He's a solid horse. That call is improving fourth in a really, really good, good group one in France last year. If you're stretching out, I think you can look at one of those two. But the rest of the Americans look to be also rams to me. I think it's Cape Blanco, Gio Ponte, and then pick your poison for third. Yeah, you know, I've always been a big Gio Ponte fan, but I'll tell you what, Joe, he seems to be his own worst enemy. If you watch him in a race, he is a horse that likes to come from off the pace, but for whatever reason, by the time he starts picking it up and he does that professionally, he's found himself in trouble a lot. You know, he's had a steady, brief track it, uh, circle the field, bumped, four wide, five wide, you know, it just, he, he just seems to be, to get in his own way sometimes, and I know he's got a world of talent, but certainly he didn't get by Cape Blanco last time in the Man of War, and as you said, this race kind of looks like it could set up similarly. I've always said this about Gio Ponte since the time he was a three-year-old. I still think he's at his absolute best when he's in a mile race. It's all about turn of foot in a mile race. It's about stamina when you're going a mile and a quarter. He's got stamina, too. He won the million in 2009. He's a fantastic horse. He's earned $5.5 million. But in a mile race, there tends to be a faster pace. You get some legitimate speed horses in there. In a mile and a quarter race, unless you've got precious passion in the race, chances are it's going to be one of those grinding-type races. He seems to grind very well, but he seems to grind for minor awards. Horses that get first run in these kinds of races usually win, and Cape Blanco is that kind of horse. Uh, you know, I, I thank you so much for, for for sharing everything you've had with us, and I, I find it very difficult to disagree with with anything you said. I'd, I'd love to come up with some horse or some shot at the, your top pick, but you, you've been dead on, at least in my array of thought here, uh, with the picks that you've had for this race. So, again, uh, it's going to provide some great uh, betting opportunities for people. Uh, there's going to be, again, the uh, $200,000 pool guarantee and... Uh, uh, also, the $100,000 guarantee on the 50-cent pick five. So I hope the listeners to Winnie Ponies out there are, are going to be tuned in to Arlington Park. I assume we'll get to see you on camera that day, Joe? Yeah, I'll be on camera uh, a few times during the day. We're having a seminar 
uh, in the Starting Gate Theater area at 1045 in the morning central. And if you want more information on these races, I've got a couple of Euro experts on our chat on Friday night. Horse player now, 8.30 Eastern time. We're going to break these races down brick by brick uh, with Liz Price, a Euro racing expert, Gareth Sabal from Globe Form as well. So um, you can never get enough information about these races. So if you're looking for more of it, join us on the chat Friday night. Now, now Joe, that's, that's different than night school, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a little bit of a new concept we're trying to apply, which is like, uh, a, a learn and apply everything we learned on Monday night. We're actually going to try to apply to actual races on Friday. Since Monday was European handicapping, the million Beverly Dean Secretary fit perfectly into that plan. So uh, we should get a good crowd. We should get a lot of good questions, and hopefully we'll get some good answers. You know, I mean, absolutely. You know, uh, Arlington Park, uh, one of the, one of the most classic uh, facilities and historic facilities that we have here in the United States. I, I have to ask you on a personal note: How's my friend Dave Zenner doing up there? Uh, he's sitting right across the table from me. Oh, I'm sorry. He's doing that. well. <laughs> yes, he's. Uh, it's it's Thursday of Million Week, and uh, and and all is well. And all is well. So, uh, what, is what well. happens? What happens in the uh, the, the next twenty four hours for Joe? What happens in the next 24 hours? Yeah. Um, 7.30 in the morning, Central Time, I'll be down on the apron watching these horses train. They've got a breakfast at Arlington program tomorrow. Uh, John G. Dooley, who is now walking past me as well. Say hi to John G. for me, too, please. Mr. Dooley says it will be a great festival. You just flew past me at a billion miles an hour. Uh so, yeah, I'll be here for breakfast. I'll get to see the horses train. I haven't made my final to watch the jet, although I do have a good idea uh, as to who I like. But, you know, I'm a big visual guy. I like watching replays. I like watching post parades. A lot of the stuff that we teach in night school, there are so many variables to all of these races that, uh, you know, I want to get every little bit of information that I can, and I want to see these horses for myself. So uh, breakfast bright and early in the morning is always a good time. It's always a good time to watch the horses train and, uh, and get to see them firsthand. Well, I agree with you. It's a great way to to see the game. Uh, you know, front and foremost, there's not there's nothing like uh, uh, you know seeing them live and in person. People forget that they can come out to our tracks. We are open for them to come and, and watch the works. And I certainly would hope that uh, people will get that opportunity on, on your big weekend. Well, Joe, listen, I can't thank you enough. Again, say to the high to, to the boys uh, up there with me. Uh, winning ponies appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy day uh, to be with us. Yep. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, thanks for having me on, and hopefully we get some good information that, that, that people can use. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Christofek from Arlington Park. I want to thank him so much. And, again, night schools on Monday. Feel free to tune in to, uh, to night school. It's a very interesting educational experience. Uh, again, it's for listeners and people that want to learn about horse racing at every level. It, it, it's good for the novice, but it's good for us professionals, too, to stay honed because you're also sharing the opinions of other professionals on night school. And again, you can always get the podcast. Remind you that you can also get the podcast of these shows on Winning Ponies. If for any reason you missed Tom Law and Chris McCarron, uh, they were both outstanding next week. Last week, rather. Uh, next week, I, uh, I hope to have. Uh, Patricia Cooksey on to talk a little bit about uh, her former career and wh- what she's doing now and whether or not she won the uh, the race up in Chicago that's going to take place this weekend. Uh, I want to again thank uh, thank Joe who's just an outstanding handicapper and, and educator and ambassador of the game. 
And I also want to thank Dan Collins, uh, Bonaventure Stable. Sounds like a very interesting venture. And much like Joe, a great ambassador of the game, bringing people into the sport, uh, not only hoping that they can make some money, but hoping that they can enjoy the experience uh, of this sport that, that we call racing, that I think is the, the greatest sport on earth. Uh, also want to thank uh, uh, Matt Widener, uh, my producer here at Winning Ponies. And want you people to log on to Winning Ponies and, and take a look. You heard the testimony from Jim earlier. He got awful rich on that 50-to-1 shot uh, down at Evangeline earlier in the meet. So from high atop the grandstand overlooking the turf course and the Ohio River onto the hills of Kentucky, I'm John Engelhart, your host. Tune back in next week when we bring you another segment of Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.